0: Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Well, let's do this. There's a lot I got to get in out today, so uh, let's jump quick. Uh, John chapter ten. John chapter ten. I love your excitement for the word. Try to keep that today. I'm going to need your, your excitement today for what we were getting ready to dig into. so John 10, I, I just I want to read this one verse that we've been kind of just reading and getting in us and I'm glad to see you today. See some folks who have been with us in a while back with us, so just, I'm just glad you're here and uh, excited about what God is doing. And his word says this in John 10 verse 10. you got it? Okay. All right. Good. Verse ten. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come, and I love this, Jesus in red letter. I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Amen. Ain't that good? That's just a great promise. That He said, "I have come that they may have life, and that may have it more abundantly." That is good news today. Can we do this? Can we just bow our heads and let's pray and talk to him one more time and then we'll unpack this thing a little bit. Father, thank you today for your word. I just thank you for what you're doing in our church. And Lord, I'm just, just, just excited about what's happening, Lord. And I just released today, God, a just your spirit of faith right now in this room, into each heart and each life. And Lord, we just ask you, Lord, to continue to change us, challenge us today, God, equip us today by your word, and uh, help us, Lord, to understand some things today, some truths that I believe the body of Christ needs to get in us. And um, and I just praise you for right now for your word, and I just ask you right now, you help us to learn to, to suffer well. It's a tough prayer to pray, but Lord, help us to suffer well, God, during those difficult times and seasons of life today. God, help our hearts to be open, our spirits to be open, and uh and I just pray once again, Lord, your blessings over this day. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Just fist bump your neighbor one time. I just, you just something, that's just something about fist bumping today. <clears throat> I like that, man. Good stuff, man. Ryan, good word, man. So just, I believe we're going to see today how God can take some pieces and form them and show some, some incredible things today. We were you here last week. Were you here last week, Rachel? If you, if you made it out last week, good. I hope, hope you uh, just continue to just celebrate what God's doing. Got some great uh, texts and calls and testimonies this week of God's Word just being revealed in people's lives and, and confirmation of His promises that people are grabbing hold of. And that's just good news today, and I love those times. And, and so today we're going to jump back into uh, this series called Restoration. And uh, we're going to continue just to dig and ask the Lord to show us some things today. And and uh, this is one of those messages that when I feel like the Lord was giving it to me and as I was studying the things that kind of I felt like were on my heart to share, uh, I was actually asking him, can we go maybe another route, Lord? Can we... Uh, Maybe not go this direction, and maybe can we can we take it this direction? And every time, I feel like he would just keep pulling it back to what we're going to talk about today and, and what we're going to study today in his word. Because, I, I don't know, I just love the the excitement of what we saw last week when we began to look at and, and visualize those dry bones in that valley of indecision beginning to come together, man, that army being being formed and rising up. And, and I love that part. Hey, I man, ain't that fun? I mean, that's the good news. And we see things like that in Scripture, and so... As we get ready to dig today and and, and look at a subject today that's uh, that's throughout Scripture, uh, I just want our hearts to be open to get this as we begin to talk about a word that's not a lot of fun, uh, but it's in Scripture. So we got to read it and, and look at what it says, and it's called suffering. Mm, well didn't <laughs> you just feel the glory just ascend from heaven as I just shared that? Man, I felt Jesus right then. I mean, but but this is a this is something that we see throughout Scripture. Um I, I I do believe it's very easy and it happens that some churches uh will get focused on suffering and there's no celebration. Um I, I do believe on the other hand there are people in places and ministers and teachers that will sometimes focus on all the celebration and miss the suffering. They will look at the suffering and 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 see like we're going to hear today in Scripture that somehow it's because you have a lack of faith or you're not spiritually where you should be and and, and be, even begin to get into places of condemnation because of situations that arise in your life and I and I believe we're going to see today in Scripture that that's just not true. Uh, that that as we see things that, that happen in God's word that that it's just that it's just it's just sometimes what we have to deal with in this fallen world and this life that we have, and because of what's going on, it's suffering sometimes. Uh, the um, there's a uh, there is this enemy that's right now, this, this this is his goal right now, trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, we've been uh, there's a there's a youth ministry this this kind of working did and praying for. Um, that uh, is being very heavily attacked right now. Not this church, but another place. And they're being very attacked. And literally, they have been about 13 young people in that youth ministry that have struggled with uh, thoughts of suicide and and are dealing with things in their minds and and, and an all-out attack that we see and recognize as the enemy. And I, I think we need to do this. We have to recognize and see this stuff for what it is so that we know what to do with it when it raises its head. Uh, I, I think sometimes, um, uh, you know, we, we talk about things in, in God's, uh, from God's Word, or we preach certain things, and, and I've done this. I've, I've shared certain messages, and people say, well, you better get ready now that's going to happen. I don't think from us, you know, talking about a sickness or something that we see in Scripture that just happens, we get sick because of that. My God's greater. He just, he just, he's got, he's just greater. I, I, I believe this. I believe when we read his word and study his word and we get his word in us, I believe it prepares us for those things. I, I got up and celebrated and I, I just, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I'm not scared even now after what's been happening. I got up recently and just thanked God and praised God that in almost seven years as a church, I've never missed a Sunday because of sickness. Come on, so I was just like, that's, I mean, come on, I was just excited. I was praising the Lord. I was just worshiping, man. Oh, come on, God, I give you glory. And it wasn't three weeks later I missed my first Sunday. And I had some people come up to me and literally said, oh, you should have never got up here and said that. <laughs> Are you serious? I shouldn't have got up and gave God praise that for seven years of preaching a pastor in the church almost. I never, never miss a service because of that come on. And then it, it was just crazy. It was a stomach virus that hit me on a Sunday morning, and, and I wasn't about to bring that to y'all. I love y'all way more than that. And so I left it at home and, and, and just listened via, via, via live stream and still worship where I was at in that situation. It wasn't much after that. It was probably, I don't know, the next month, I guess it was, that uh, I got that three-letter word it's called the flu. Missed my first Wednesday. Never missed a Wednesday in seven years. And people literally came. I said, you should have never said that. Are you kidding me? I mean, seriously. I mean, I'm celebrating what God's done in my life. And this is just what I know. I know that no matter what happened, the sickness that came, even if it had took me out, I got some good stuff ahead of me. I got some great promises as believers. So there's a lot that kind of starts happening in our our minds when we see those things. And just be honest, we hit attacks and we start even, the enemy tries to use that. And and it wasn't just people who told me I should have never said that. The enemy said that to me. The devil began to try to mess with me and sort of, you know, trying to tell me that stuff. But I just continue to celebrate God's goodness. I'll always celebrate God's goodness. You know why? Because he's good. He's always been good. There's never been a time as I've looked in Scripture, and in my life he hasn't been good to me, and hasn't always brought me through situations. And so I, But I do see some things in Scripture that we can't overlook if we're going to continue to stick with one of the core values in our church, that we accurately read God's Word, look at it as a whole, study it, learn it, and grow from it. So today I'm going to talk about something that, um, I don't know, again, it's not a, a, a lot of fun to talk about, and I even asked the Lord, please, can you give me something else? But this is what He gave me today, and I believe it's going to do this today. I believe it's going to build your faith. It's what God's Word does. He said when it comes in, it builds your faith. So I believe it's going to build your faith today. I believe it's going to encourage you because I think right now, matter of fact, I know so. There are even people in this room that are suffering. They're struggling. There's things that are going on in your life today. So I hope we build some faith and it helps your day and your journey as we jump into this thing. So we're going to look at, so do this. We're going to an Old Testament book today. So go with me, if you would, to the book of Job. <clears throat> Come on. Y'all are still excited even after I told you what I was preaching on. The book of Job. The book of Job... Um, And we'll start off in chapter one, and um, if you if you that's not one of them you may go to often, Uh, so if you if you're looking for it, right before Psalms, right before the book of Psalms, if you're looking for that, and um, page six hundred and forty-seven, if you're still looking for that, some of y'all are like, hold on now, yeah, uh, Job chapter one. as we dig into this thing, I, I, I want to just overview. This is 42 chapters, and I just can't get 42 chapters that today, you know, in you. So I'm gonna just overview. This is a cool book. this This book's been praised as a you know work of art, and, and you know, in literature, and just some of the things that are in this book. It, it is it's just neat. I mean, what what it, what is there? Victor Hugo said this about the Book of Job. He said, "Tomorrow, if all literature was to be destroyed, and it was left to me to retain." one work only I should save Job so, so again there's a lot of things there uh, Job is this Job is 42 chapters um, I found a great summary that just made it real quick summary and I think it's pretty cool and I like it and I'm not going to use it and preach it but I think it's good uh, a great summary of Job is in those 42 chapters is the first three look at Job's distress 4 through 37 look at Job's defense and 38 through 42 look at Job's deliverance that's cool, and that's something maybe you can, as you, as you go back and read this and study this, uh, you know, may help you a little bit on your journey. But today, I'm going to just kind of pull out what really hit me. I gave you seven points last week. I'm going to give you three today, so uh, may get you out of here and time to go home and rest before the Super Bowl. But the first one is this, and, and, again, I encourage you to jot these things down. Just take it down. Take notes. It helps you when you need it. So number one is this. Suffering is sure. All right? Suffering is sure, and, and again, I just knew that uh, it would be a quieter today than maybe normal in this church, but uh, I, I believe God's word is going to help us today. Suffering is, is sure. John sixteen thirty three, Jesus said this in red letter. He said, these things I have spoken to you, that, it may, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have, say it with me, overcome the world. Is that not cool? I mean, so just first of all, going into this thing, getting this grasp, first of all, before we see anything else, let's just remember that as we do suffer, as we do face tribulation and trials, and I think that is a big word that expands even through, if you ever studied the book of Revelation, which we've done here, as you look at some of these things, the tribulation, the things that we face and will face and are still coming our way, even as a nation, and as God's people, Always remember this, that Christ has already overcome that. He, he's already overcome those things. And so as we look at the testings and as we see the things that come and in the beginning to, that we have to deal with and look at in life, uh, just remember that this thing is it's just sure. I mean, again, I'm saying this, uh, side note, I, I even struggle with even getting up here, even talking this point, because it's not an exciting thing. It's not a lot of fun. But as I read God's book, his letter to us, I see this theme throughout it. Now, again, we also see the celebration and we teach Jesus, and our vision is clear. We make Jesus known. We want people to come into a knowing relationship of discipleship and they followers of Christ. And in that is celebration like we have never seen. And we rejoice in those things. But what happens, and the truth is this, that we still face suffering. We, we have situations that come our way that are always fun, that are always exciting, but it just happens. It, it kind of just deals with it. And I've seen this. I've seen some very good people go through some very bad things. I've seen some, some people who I know, man, they, they, they sit with Jesus. I mean, they're they, they followers of him, man. They love him. They're faithful. They, they're faithful to God. They're faithful to this church. They're faithful, man. They're faithful. And I've seen some faithful people go through some very difficult seasons of life and very difficult situations. And we see one today that suffering is sure. and we see this in the book of Job. And Job was a good dude. I mean, he was, I mean, he was, he was a good guy. He had a good heart. When we can ready to see in scripture, some things said about Job. So just Job chapter one, we'll start there. And uh, we'll read one through three. Let's do that first. Let's say that there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. All right. He had seven sons and three daughters and were born to him. And also his possessions were, listen, man, this guy has some stuff. 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household so that this man was the greatest of all the people in the East. Job was a good dude, man. Job was a good guy, he was upright, he was blessed. I mean, he had some stuff man he was and, and again, I think God wants us blessed. I believe that is in his word. We just read it and study it, and i can 't come out of it. not seeing that god doesn 't want me blessed as his child. So, but you see again this picture here, Job having all these things, but kind of look what happens in job 's life, and again, i can 't just take so much time, but we see Satan come and begin to do his thing of stealing and killing and destroying. And look what happens in Job's life. Jump over to verse 13, if you would, and let's take let's pick up there for a second. Now there was a day, now listen to this, this is one day. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, when the Sabines raided them and took them away, indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Verse 16 says, while he was still speaking, another also came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven, burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Hold on, so this thing, ugly. It's ugly. And it, it kind of gets, gets uglier. I mean, he it just, again, losing his oxen, losing his sheep. He's hitting hit with this stuff. I mean, it's just one thing after another, verse 17, pick up. He says, while he was still speaking, another also came and said. So you got to think. At some point, Job's got to start thinking, all right, I, I, this, this thing's gotten bad. It's gotten ugly. This servant's coming running to me, man. He's telling me this bad thing. And then he sees another servant come up. He's got to think. Okay, let me go to this guy. He's Surely, he's, he's got something good. He's getting ready to tell me. And this is good news, man. It's coming. Praise you, Jesus. Right here, verse 17. The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels. Come on, man. When the camels go, that's a bad day. I mean, he's then lost the camels. And, and then he took them away and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Come on. While he was still speaking, Come on, man. Please bring good news this time. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they're dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Oh, my goodness. We thought Jack Bauer had a bad 24 hours. I mean, some of y'all are what does that mean? That's not in the Bible. Don't look it up. Uh, but in all this time, hit kids, camel, oxen, house, everything, getting blasted, getting hit with all this stuff, getting hit with all of these things. And as I see Scripture throughout old and new, again, I'm not here to be a downer today, but just to maybe prepare us and hopefully build your faith. or Maybe you can share this with somebody else. One good thing I've been hearing this week is people has been saying, man, I've been sharing that word with somebody else and they needed it or whatever. So maybe this is for somebody else, but what do we do when we suffer? I don't, I don't even believe this anymore. I don't even believe, it again, uh, that the question for us is will we suffer? I, I just believe we will. I really know how to bring them in, Donna, man. I mean, I just, I I know right now you want to text your friends and say, y'all better get here for this message because this is awesome. I mean, you know, get here before it's too late. Uh, Turn into, tune into the podcast right now, man. Get in the live stream. Don't miss this last part. I don't believe the question is, will we suffer? I believe the question is this, will we suffer well? I believe, I believe will we suffer well? Look what Job did. Verse 20 says this. It said, then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground, and worshiped. Calls again, how, how will we deal with a situation that comes? How will you do this? How will you help that person who you're ministering to when their situation arises? What will you do? Will you encourage, encourage them or will you just jump on board with them and say, yeah, yeah, I don't blame you for being miserable and help them or whatever? Or, or will you do this? Will you do what Job did? Job suffered. And I believe he suffered well. I, I believe I, it's just it's a clear picture of what happens here. He says, naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked shall I return there. The Lord gave the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 22, In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Now, this is, um, again, this ain't fun even from my end. You know, y'all sitting here looking at me like that. But what will we do with this thing? And how do we view this, this situation of suffering when it comes our way? And what will we take away from it? I believe there's a lot to take away. I believe, again, the first one is this, the suffering is sure. And, and how will we suffer? Will we suffer well? Will we deal with this thing the way it should be dealt with? Will we worship him in the middle of it? But I, I don't know, this, this kind of hit me, and I think this is true. The issue is this. I believe the issue is we should see it as this. Because if you know the story of Job, you know there was a conversation between God and, and Satan that took place. But I believe we should always view it this way. The issue is always if the enemy is trying to do this, he's always trying to destroy your faith. And the Lord is always trying to build your faith. Take that away from this. Take every situation that comes your way. Take every problem that you go through and view it like this. Yes, I see my situation of suffering. I see my problem that I'm dealing with. I see this bad thing is the enemy trying to destroy my faith. But I see it as this, as God's trying to build my faith. Because here's the truth about God. He's loving. He's merciful. He's kind. And so don't ever, in the picture of understanding the things when we deal with that the bad in life, don't ever think that God's doing something to us. I think that's one of the big problems that I see with those who focus on the struggle instead of on the Savior, Uh, is that so many times we look at this and say, God's doing these certain things in our life. I don't think biblically we can just back those things up. But I do believe this. I believe that we can take from God's word the situation when it does come after us and where it does come from, it's always the enemy trying to pull us down. It's always God trying to show us something through the process. So in all this, that point number one, so much fun. I'm sure you probably highlighted that, put asterisks beside it. That was probably going on the refrigerator today when you get home. I mean, that's one of those that you're going to just go get a tattoo of. It's just that good. I mean, that I'm going to just be for sure suffering. But I want us to do this in the midst of all that. Make sure we don't miss the second thing I believe God said we should do is this. Focus on the promises, not the problems. Okay? Focus on the promises, uh, not the problems. It's, it's hard to not get focused on the problems sometimes. It's hard. That's very difficult. It's very hard to, to not somehow fix your eyes on what's going on, on the bill that's coming in the mailbox, right, on, on the situation that's coming and the problem that we're faced with, the doctor's report, what they're saying, uh, anything that's going on in our life. It's very tough, and it's, and it's very hard to, because our, our, it's, it's just easy. Our vision somehow wants to just go in the direction, and we want to begin to fix our eyes on that thing. But God said this. He said fix your eyes on him. He said, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. Fix our eyes on the one who's able to carry us through that. So we don't do this. We're not going to be one of those churches who, who's going to say this. If we look at scripture, something's not going our way. We're not going to jump on some certain thing and says, well, because you're going through a bad situation, you're a bad person. We're just not going to do that. We're not, we're not going to say, I, I, I've, I've, I've seen this, it's It's just. Oh man, it's tough because I love faith and I love preaching the faith and I love building faith and I love it and I love God's word and I, I love ministers that do that. But sadly, I've seen ministers do this. I've seen that where there was literally a minister whose, whose wife came down with a horrible disease, he rebuked his wife. He rebuked his wife saying, because of your lack of faith is the reason you're where you're at today. Listen to me. Some good people go through some bad stuff sometimes. Some godly people, some upright people who love Jesus go through some difficult situations of life. And what we have to learn to do this, when that happens, we have to learn to focus on the promise, not the problem. So we don't do this. We're not one of those who come back and we're going to blame someone you're bad or whatever. We're also not going to do this. We're not going to fix our eyes on that situation. We're not going to ignore it. I've seen this and again, I, I've probably been, I've been in places where this has even happened and even in my life, we just somehow want to look at it and, and, and then just kind of turn our head and, and just want to say, well, that's not really happening, okay? And we want to we categorize that as that we're people of faith and that we love Jesus and, and we say this certain thing and we say, well, that's not really happening. If there's a problem that hits you, it's happening, Okay, if, if you're here and you're hurting right now, you're really hurting. You can't just ignore that you're hurting. You can't just say, well, maybe it's going to go away. You can't just say, well, I mean, I'm not really hurting. And, and again, we speak in faith. We, we speak life. We do those things. We never, we're not going to pull away or deviate from that. But the truth is this, we get hit sometimes. But don't focus on that. Don't focus on those things. Keep your eyes on the promise. Keep your eyes on on the victory. Keep your eyes on what's ahead. I love Peter, man. Peter Peter gets into scriptures, and he looks at some situations, and he begins to show us in New Testament, kind of like what we see Job dealing with in the old. Paul was another one who did this. But when you look at scripture, you see some cool stuff. 1 Peter 1, 6-9 says this, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Okay, he said that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Who having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. What he's saying is this. He's saying in the midst of your tribulation, don't get focused on that problem. Focus on the promise that's coming for you. Focus on on what God has for you, and there's promises. And what will happen a lot of times is this, and we see it in Scripture, we see about 30-something chapters of people gathering around Job and blasting him right in the middle of his struggle. I mean, and this has got to be tough. And, and And this is what happens sometimes. Sometimes it's those people who really not out to get you, really just not really even trying to bring you down. But sometimes the people that are around you can hurt you. You see in, in this portion of Job, it's kind of neat, and I love the names here. You see three guys that come in and begin to talk, about, talk to Job about his situation. One of them's names, uh, 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 I'm, I'm going to try not to mess this up, uh, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. To me, it sounds like hobbit characters, if you know anything about that, man. You know, anytime, man, Bill Dad's gonna come around the corner with the ring. Come on, he's about to, about to happen. It's about to get, it's about to get good around here. But, but you see these guys, some of y'all are like, man, what's wrong with my pastor? Uh, but, but you see this picture and you see what's going on here and these people are gathering around him and they're trying to tell him, well, you're a sinner, you've fallen, you've done this, this is why it's happening. You have these people over here saying, Well, this is this your this is your fault, this is your kid's fault, this is all this stuff going on. And I just love Joe's promise. I, I see him through all of this still staying in faith. Like Peter in, in, in 1 Peter 5, 9, and 10. Look at what happens here. He says, resist him, talking, about the, talking of the enemy, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace. And that's good. May the God of all grace who called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Listen to me. If we start getting an eternal perspective, if we start seeing this thing, we, I'm, I'm telling you, this is where the faith comes in. If we start seeing the big picture in this, and literally, I mean, if you get hit with something, if we get see it, something's going to happen, something happens, a bad diagnosis, things get ugly, whatever it is, listen, we have a promise as God's kids. We have a promise as God's kids. Whether we go through the tribulation or the trial, we see this situation come up, it is nothing compared to the promise that God has for me in the end. So I just believe this. So people say, is, is it God's will to heal? Absolutely. Does he do that? Absolutely. Do we pray for that? Absolutely. Do we see that? Absolutely. Well, what if you don't? God's a healer. That was pretty good, right there. That was a better spot. Y'all could have jumped in, and helped, helped me out, right there. I mean, that was decent. I mean, you 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 see this? I mean, he's healer. Well, I know so and so, who had this, and they died. Uh, again, this is just I gotta give you what he gave me today. I always ask this, because if, if I, I, I get in my position and get calls and texts and whatever, members so-and-so in prayer, members so-and-so they're going through this, whatever, I always ask one question. And I didn't do this at first. This has been later on in my journey of where the Lord's taken me. I'll ask this question. I'll say, "Are they a Christian?" And if, and if I love it when it comes back, and, it, and the first thing is, is, is sit across the screen, yes. Or they come in, and they sit across the desk, and they tell me, and I ask that question, yes. Because here's what I automatically, in my mind now, it's just where I've gotten to, and again, the struggle still comes in, enemy still hits you and say, don't preach these things, say those things. That's just, that's, that's devil is a lie. But, but you, you see this thing because I recognize that if they're a Christian, are healed. If if you are a part of the family of God, you are a member of the body today. He lives in you. You're healed. I'm just healed. I mean, so well, what about man, Pastor? You you got hit with the flu. I healed, man. Come on, I'm just healed. Well, you remember that time when you got up there and you said that you ain't been sick, and then you got hit with a virus. You know what? I'm healed. Well, what, hold on, what would it, oh man, oh no, what would have happened if this thing and you wouldn't have bounced back and, and this would, you know something, I'm healed. I'm just healed because here's the truth and that we have to see this and it helps us with our suffering. It helps us with our struggle. The promise that God has given us as his children, we get to see Jesus. We get to spend eternity with him as parts of the body of Christ and as members of the family of God. Eternity with Jesus is not a bad deal. Come on, that's a good place to give God praise. It is not a bad deal. Well, hold on. Now, are you doing this, Pastor? Are you you pulling back from being a man of faith? No. Are you kidding me? It builds my faith. It builds my faith. It it gets me pumped up because I know I have a promise in God. And here's what I just believe. And we've seen it. We prayed for some this morning with situations. And I even asked, are you sensing anything right now? Is God already at work? And I have said, yes, it's already happening right now. I'm just going to believe that way. I just, I just trust him. I just trust his word. And I just believe that his promises are yes and amen. And, and God has these things for us. And so we do this. We fix our eyes on Jesus. We fix our eyes on the promise of what he has for us. And I believe if we'll do this, if we'll learn to suffer the right way, we'll get a greater revelation of Jesus in our problem. And we see this. I see it I see, again. It's just one of two ways. It always is. When someone goes through a difficult time, you will always see it either draw them into the presence of God and push them at his feet, or it will do this and the enemy loves it. It'll push them away. is what takes place. We see this throughout Scripture. But I love something that happens in, 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 in the book of Job. Job says this, Job 19, 25. He says this. He says, For I know that my... Redeemer lives. Come on. I know my Redeemer lives. Job, he wasn't really been just, you know, Pastor Ralph, if you study saying Job wasn't, he wasn't attributed as being a great prophet. I mean, that wasn't one of his big standpoints. I mean, he wasn't really one of those guys that's going down. His book goes down more in the poetry category than the prophecy category, if you study scripture. You see this, but you see in the midst of all of his stuff, and listen, again, Jesus hadn't been revealed. This is Old Testament. Jesus hadn't come yet. We hadn't done the Christmas thing, put him in a manger, wrapped him in swaddling clothes. All this stuff hadn't happened yet. And he says this He says, I know my Redeemer lives. In the midst of his situation, he got a greater revelation of Jesus. That's what suffering can do for us. This is why we can't ignore it. And this is why we just can't turn our head and just say, This ain't really happening. It's really happening. If something's going on in your life, someone gets hurt, a situation comes up, well, let's, do it, let's quit denying it, but through it, see it the way God wants us to see it. See it for what can happen as a result of it. Share that, and through the middle of everything that's going on, we start seeing that, man, my Redeemer lives. And I love this picture. Martin Luther says this. He says, so when the devil throws your sin in your face and declares that you deserve death and hell, tell him this. I admit that I deserve death and hell. What of it? For I know one who suffered and made satisfaction on my behalf, and his name is Jesus Christ, Son of God. And where he is, there I shall be also. Come on. We have to see this. We have to see it that no matter what's coming, no matter what's going on, our failure, our struggle, all this stuff, we see these things. Listen, I believe this can happen for everybody. You can get a greater picture in Revelation of Jesus. He saw him before he ever came physically and was born and understood that his Redeemer was alive today. Suffering, sure. We've got to focus on the promise. And the third and final thing is this. Our failure isn't final. Come on, tell your neighbor that. See, your failure isn't final. Your failure isn't final. It it, it, is this thing (laughs) is. It's, it's not final. Job did this. Job was upright, and was, but he struggled with fear. You see it in that text. You see where he would, uh, he'd even wished and even said this. Some of us have been there. I wish I'd never been born. Basically, what he says. Uh, he got into a place that during the time, he got into a place of self centeredness, self pity. He got into a place of struggle. He was, he was struggling with all these things, but he learned to do something in the middle of all these things. He learned to trust Jesus. He learned to trust and he knew this. He knew that his failure, he knew the, the struggles that had come, and even the things that had kind of taken him down again, much like Peter and much like Paul, this suffering, these tribulations, are so temporary. So temporary. And this will help you through your struggle. This will help if you know I'm coming out. I'm coming out. And so it just helps when the enemy hits you, well, I'm coming out of that. Well, I know what I'll do. I'll get them this way, says. Well, you do know, devil, I'm coming out of that. Because we see this thing in the end, the failure isn't final. And I love Job, man. I love what we see here. Go to the last chapter, Job 42. Let's jump in at verse 10. Look what happens, man. This is so cool. The Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends, and indeed the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Man, come on. I, I, talk about that. Just double for his trouble, man. You see all these things happen, the blessings that come. Then all of his brothers, verse 11, all of his sisters and all those who had been with his acquaintances before him came to him, ate food with him in his house, and they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginnings, for he had 14,000 sheep. Six thousand camels. Come on, got his camels back. You know that's a good day, man. One thousand yoke of oxen, one thousand female donkeys, and he also has seven sons and three daughters. Verse fourteen, and he ca- and he called the name of his first Jemima. Y'all thought she was syrup, but she- <laughs> the f- and the name of the second Keziah, and the name of the third. That's funny. Karen and Hapuch. And in the land were found no women as beautiful as the daughters of Job. Man, his kids even got better looking the second time around. I'm serious. I mean, this is a trip. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. And this Job lived 140 years and saw his children and his grandchildren for four generations. So, die, so Job died old and full of days, man. Let's stand together. Let's do this. Let's just thank Him right now. Before we go any further, let's just thank Him right now that no matter what we face, no matter what problem comes, God's promise is greater. It's greater. What is to come is greater than what we're facing right now. What God has for us, the situation that we're dealing with right now is greater. And we can see this. We can see Him even in greater measure through all the problems, through all the situations and all the struggles. I don't know I'm just i, I going to close with this quote by C.S. Lewis one of my favorite writers he says this he says we can ignore even pleasure but pain insists upon being attended to God whispers to us in our pleasures speaks in our conscience but shouts in our pains it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world I think we can do this. I think it, no matter the situation that's going on right now, no matter how difficult it may be, no matter what you've lost, God's a restored.